Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our journey through the Bible, a chapter at a time. We, uh, we're making progress. Eight years in, the New Testament's done, and we are uh, 31 chapters now into the book of Exodus, and we will continue to press on. Um, I like it this way for the context of it. You know, the, the Bible in context is very important, and you know, the things that we learned in the New Testament, now we can see things from the Old Testament that were foreshadowing those things, and I think it's very helpful to tie it all together, and we will track through the Old Testament, the crimson thread of redemption started back in Genesis 3.15, and we'll, we'll watch it work its way through the Bibles, all the books, I mean, of the Bible, heading up there. Uh, in Exodus now, there's, there's sort of four main things that we wanted to make sure that we talked about in Exodus. They were the um, Passover and the ten plagues that led up to that, the uh, parting of the Red Sea, the crossing there at the Red Sea, and then the law and the tabernacle. And those are the things that we've been spending time talking about. Lately, we've been talking about um, the, uh, the instructions for how the tabernacle was to be put together and, you know, the tents that were made and all of the clothing that the priests were going to wear and all the furniture that was going to be built, you know, and the, uh, the altars that were to be made and the different types of altars and why they were there. And it was all a picture of things that had to happen leading into the presence of God. And, you know, we, we talked about how that, that altar, the first one they were hit, had to do with forgiveness uh, of sin, and they would have to run through, you know, pass through there. And then the, the altar of intercession, it was about prayer and um, how even, you know, with all of that, the, it was only the high priest who was going to be able to go into the, the holiest of places, into the literal presence of God. That would just be once a year to atone for the people. And, and um, we see all of that, and then I always want to say, you know, always be careful that we never take for granted what Jesus, our high priest, has done for us so that we have access, continual access now, into the, the most holy place. The actual presence of God is... is uh, available to us now and we never want to take that for granted and uh, so reading all these things that they had to go through and uh, all the different types of you know offerings they were going to have to give and how to get themselves ready to be presented to God and, and uh, how, how important all of that is but how amazing it is that Jesus perfected that for us he did it and, and because he's done it it's been done once and for all and, and so that impacts us greatly so uh, the tabernacle instructions kind of conclude in this chapter, and he's going to appoint a couple of craftsmen. Um, the, the main one, the master craftsman, is uh, Bezalel, and then he's going to give them a strong Sabbath reminder. That's pretty much what happens. This is a short chapter. It's only 18 verses. Um, I like it when you think about it because so with these two things, in our minds, the rest, the final instructions for all the work that was to be done, and then a, a, a sort of a strong admonition for the Sabbath. Um, it's it's sort of the creation of, of um, where holy space and holy time would come together, and I like it because this is the dwelling of the Lord, and then then this is the importance of you know making time to remember all that He's done and who He who He is. So it's a it's a holy time, the Sabbath. And it's in connecting with this holy space that they're, they're putting together for the dwelling of the Lord. And it's, I think it's a neat shift because here has all these instructions he's been given them. 
It's all like, okay, here's all the work that needs to be done, and now here's all the people that are going to be in place to do it. So here's all this work that I have for you. But don't forget while you're working that you, you need to take a Sabbath every seven days. Don't get so excited about all this work that you forget that you need to stop and spend time with me. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And when all these instructions are complete, the Lord gives Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. I like that, that God gives the law and actually he inscribes them. The finger of God inscribes these tablets, it says, that, uh, that he gives to Moses. Oh, of course, these two tablets don't last very long, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, and if you've ever seen any of those movies, that Mel Brooks movie, when Moses comes down, I come to you with the 15, and then he drops one, the 10 <laughs> commandments. Of so that, that didn't happen. I just want to get that out of your minds. So, uh, and, and this chapter really kind of unites these gifts that God is bringing to Israel. Um, it's all about God's, you know, creating that he's putting in there, the, the indwelling spirit, um, the creative human ability that will come into play, the, the conferred holiness in what's taking place through the anointing and, and all of the, the uh, sacrifice going on. Rest is being portrayed there. Life, um, you know, protected, life ordered by God's law. And now, you know, this, this holy time and a holy space that uh, is, is sort of all coming together in these chapters. So let's dig in. Genesis 31. Uh, like I said, it's very short. I'm reading out of the NIV. That's what's on the notes. But whatever your translation is, is good with me. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stone, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab, son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given skill to all the craftsmen to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, the basin with its stand, and also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath, because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Whoever does any work on that day must be cut off from his people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. It will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he abstained from work and rested. And when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, remember now the, 
the, the Hebrew people had lived for 400 plus years in the land of Egypt. And in uh, Egypt at that time, we know historically that, that they were, um, uh, they, there was a lot of artistic skill and um, a lot of craftsmanship that was involved. Um, the, the Egypt um, would have surpassed all of the nations in the Near East at that time in the manufacture of uh, furniture and fabrics and pottery and monuments of every kind. So they had been aware of these things that were taking place around them. Um, their, their pyramids were there, the palaces, their temples, um, and, and the Egyptians were uh, far surpassed the, the groups that had come before them, the Sumerians and the Babylonians and the uh, Arameans and all of those people that had been, you know, uh, on the top of the heap for a while. And now, now it was Egypt, and uh, Egypt had surpassed them all in this whole process. So the, uh, the craftsmen that were coming out of Egypt, these guys most likely had already been chained, trained while they were there in Egypt. They, they knew how to do these things. But now they were going to be uh, uh, specially anointed and filled by the Spirit of God to make sure that they did everything that needed to be done in fashioning all the stuff that we talked about, all the fabrics and, and the furniture and the utensils that were needed for the tabernacle. Um, and, and so they would have had some skill, but God makes his promise to supernaturally give them everything they were going to need. So not only uh, Belazel, but, but uh, the, his assistant and all of the other craftsmen would um, be able to perfectly produce everything that God had given instructions for Moses to produce. So remember, all this is going on with Moses. He's up hanging out with God, and all this thing is happening to him, and he's, he's taking notes, writing things down, and he's getting it straight. And he's going to head down the mountain here in a little while, and then the people are a mess. Because Moses had been gone for a little bit. Not long, but long enough where the people have gone completely AWOL, sort of. So, uh, so we'll deal with that as we come up. But anyway... All of these things are going to be there. Everything that we read about, all of the furniture and all of the, you know, the, the tables and the Ark of the Covenant and the, 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 uh, the, the candelabras and, and altars of incense and the, the knives and the forks and the spoons and, and the snuffers for the candles and everything else. Um, they were going to be able to produce all of these things um, as God had instructed them to do. And, um, you know, it's, I think that's just fascinating. So they could rely on the Lord to help them do these amazing things that they were about to undertake. And, and uh, they were going to be overlaying furniture with gold. And we talked about, you know, the breast uh, piece uh, and, and the ephod that the high priest would, how amazing and when, you, when you read the detail that these things were going to be. And so these, they were going to be able to do this. I, I promise you this was the first time they had made a tabernacle for the Lord. So, uh, so but, but God was going to take what skill they had and then he was going to undo them with the power of the Holy Spirit um, to do everything they would need, even the oils that would need to be made, the incense, everything else. It was all going to take place. So Moses is going to come down with a big list of work. And uh, he's going to say, let's go. Time to build the tabernacle. Here we go. And, um, uh, and then, uh, you know, don't forget, though, uh, in your excitement, in your busyness, in, when you're trying to get it right or whatever, don't forget that every six days, on the seventh day, you need to take a break. And it's, uh, it's really important to God for them to do that. And uh, so even though they had all these things to do, it's just every, every week, take a break. Remember, he'd, he'd been training them for this 
in the beginning when, when the, with the quail and the manna and stuff. Remember with the, with the manna, they would get enough on the sixth day for the last two days, so they didn't go. So they'd, they'd already been used to the process, but now he was going to put it into practice as they, as they went to work. So, um, with that in mind, I thought we'd just spend a few minutes talking about the Sabbath and how the Sabbath relates to us today in Christ. And um, there's some interesting verses with Jesus. Is the there's do you remember the so the so Jesus came to came to fulfill the law so he fulfilled it perfectly so we're not any longer under the curse of the law and the the law at his heart was to let people know that they they needed to know Christ that they needed a savior um, and 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 so it was in place until the time that Jesus came. Um, but when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the most important thing about the law? The heart of the law was what? Love God, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was the heart of the law. That was it. When Jesus said, how do you, what would you say? He said, this is what the, this, would, this sums up, he said, the law and the prophets. This was what it was all about. Love God all in. Love your neighbor as yourself. The heart of it was always love. In fact, when you, when you read the command, the Ten Commandments, it's kind of a baseline of the things you're not supposed to do you know, don't steal from your neighbor, don't covet, don't do these things. It's really not the highlight. The highlights are, here's what you do. If you love God all in and love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to knock this thing out. And, and so in Christ now, that's what this is all about. We're, we're to love God all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, so it's the heart of the law that we care about, not the, the letter of the law. Because the letter of the law kills. That's what happens. And the Pharisees were doing everything they could to live by the letter of the law. So that comes up. So now we get to today, 2,000 years into this thing. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas about Sabbath and what it means. So, um, so today, and, and always really, who, who is the Sabbath for? Jesus tells us who the Sabbath is for in Mark 2.27 um, because they were, the Pharisees were attacking Jesus. He said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So this idea of a break every week was God's gift to us. It was a gift, and it still is a gift. Um, it's, it's, uh, he, because he rested on the seventh day, um, and trust me, he didn't need to. Um, he was God. But he, he de starts demonstrating that because that's how he wired us and created us, that we would take a break. And, and a lot of people in our culture today um, actually think of that as a pain. And, oh, what do you mean I got to take a break? I don't want to take a break. I want to go do this. I want to go do that. It's a, and so um, he wants us to take a break. And, and it literally means a day of rest. Now we're going to talk about what rest is. So he says, listen, every seventh day I want, you to, I want you to do this. This is how I wired you. I want you to take a break. And, and, uh, and so um, I think that's part of the heart of the law. And so I think for us it's, it's important that, um, that we understand what that looks like. That this is God's heart for us is to take a day um, of rest, to take a day and make it special for Him. So I would say to you that the day isn't that important. Now, a lot of people go, <gasps> there's a lot of arguments, so oh, it's got to be this day or it's got to be this day. Why isn't it this day? It was always that day. It was that. And um, I just think it needs to be a day out of every seven. 
um, I think that way. One of the reasons I think that way is like Sunday is not a day of rest for me. You might go, you got it, you got it easy, but uh, Sunday is a huge day for me. So is Saturday. So and so, uh, my day of rest is Monday. That's the day that I do my very best to take and set aside, um, to just kind of kind of hang out with the Lord. It doesn't mean I don't do anything, um, but but I know that I have to do some things on that day. And I want to make sure that here's the other thing that can happen is sometimes we just use that seventh day to, to catch up on all the work that we didn't get finished in the sixth that we already had. And so we, it's not all that restful. Um, so, and some, sometimes maybe, I don't know, maybe you've never had this happen, but sometimes I found after a supposed day of rest, I'm more tired than I was on the, on the other days because I put too much in it. So we're actually supposed to take a break. Uh, and... and um, in Mark 6, 31, I love that Jesus said this to his guys. He said, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And uh, in that verse, and I think it's a great sort of meaning, it means uh, an intermission. Uh, it means to refresh yourselves, to, um, uh, to take a break. Uh, the, to rest, uh, the dictionary says to rest means to refresh one's mind and body um, through activities that um, stimulate and amuse uh, and, and uh, impart fresh life into the mind and body. So, so rest is a diversion from labor. It's different than work. It's, uh, it's a time of uh, leisure, sport, a freedom from uh, job and responsibility for, for a little bit of time. And so it's rest and relaxation. It's, uh, it's called for in our lives. Uh, and uh, I like this verse in, in Genesis 2, 1, 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So, so why I like that verse is there was a time for creation and then there's a time for re creation, which is rest, uh, and you would know that word recreation is recreation. That's how it sort of fits together. And, um, and without that time, the lives of people get very dull. And so God has planned, goes and stops in the way that we live. Uh, and, and, um, and we also are in this fascinating thing where we have all these time-saving inventions now, and we have less time than we've ever had. Can you imagine not that long ago that to go and do laundry meant that you got a bucket and some rocks or whatever and you found your way down to a stream or something and you, you carefully took that time to get laundry done, um, that, that every meal that you made was a production uh, because, you know, you had to, it wasn't mostly done for you. Uh, everything took so much time. And, and now, it takes less time, and, and yet we seem to have less time. Because we didn't just go, look at all this time we have now and rest. <laughs> we figured out how much more stuff we could push into it. And so the, the concept of a break, you seem to get harder and harder and harder. But, um, but God puts these planned stops in our lives so that 
we actually become more fully awake. Um, if you just keep going all the time, you start to fade. And so we need to be refreshed. Now, recreation isn't an end of itself, I don't think. It, um, it serves the ends of, of what we really live for. So, to, so sometimes what happens is there's people who, who live and the goal of their life is recreation. So they do all their whole week to a point in time when they're going to recreate. It's good to recreate, but what happens at that point in time is you're missing this whole chunk of time in your life and you're just sort of getting through it to get to this point and that's all it's way too much of your life to to miss so so you want to be thinking about those things and um uh you you uh you, you want recreation to give you something back and uh and so it, it needs to refresh uh, the person uh, and and be refreshing to us and so um so that's part of Sabbath, I think. And, and then another part of, of Sabbath is, is, you know, so it's rest and it's recreation and it's also remembering how great God is. This is a significant point of the day. I think, um, and, and probably the highlight is taking time to just think about the goodness of God and how amazing He is. And so perhaps the most important part of a day like that um, is, is remembering who God is and how great He is. And, and so, you know, when I think of a Sabbath day. I think about those things. I think about it should be a day with some rest. It should be a day with some recreation, and it should be a day where I remember the goodness of God. And and I, and then I don't, and I don't get all beat up about stuff like you know. Sometimes things happen. I get that. So you know, sometimes my Mondays are really busy. So then I'll go. Well, that didn't work very well. I should probably look for another day to get a little break. Uh, that can happen too, and that's okay. I think it's really okay. Um, but just so you have the concept that it's time where you stop doing all the things that you normally do and you make sure that you're remembering how great God is and recreating some and getting a little extra rest in your life, if that's possible. Uh, I, have a, I have a hammock underneath my house. That's one of, it's one of my favorite things to get down there and just kind of sit in a hammock. Uh, and it just kind of goes like, you know. but you know, I can't do it for like all day. <laughs> That would be boring. So, you get the whole thing. Times, you do things that you like. You know, go out kayaking, go fishing, go doing something that gives you a break from the normal things. Anyway, think about that. And then, uh, I like that last thing. He writes, the finger of God writes out the stone tablets. It's pretty cool. And it sort of knows that, that this is God speaking to his people. These are the things that you need to do. And... Uh, and, and so they're, they're important to him. Um, but this original edition of the Ten Commandments doesn't survive very long because of what's going to come as we uh, continue to read on about how quickly the people of God went astray with Moses gone just for a little while. So anyway, that's, uh, that's enough for today. Stuff to think about. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We appreciate you doing that. Love for you to come and visit when you get a chance. And... Uh, We'll see you soon. God bless you guys.